0: We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Farrell on the bench. So, obviously, anything can happen here, Mafia, in terms of... uh, the games, because I have the Kings, they're up 10 with six and a half minutes to go on the Pelicans, and I have the Kings plus one, and I got them to win outright, and then I have the Bucks, and I laid eight against the Wizards. They're up 99-84 uh, at the beginning of the fourth, like 30 seconds into the uh, quarter. So here's the deal. If I hit those bets, if... It's a big if, because there's still plenty of time left in both of those games. But if I hit both of them, I'm going to go 12-2 and two in NBA bets today, tonight, whatever. Wowza. Whatever you want to call it. So I need those to, to cash. Obviously, I need those to come in. Right now, I told you what the scores were, so let's see if they can finish the deal. I mean, both teams have it by the onions, right? They both have it. And now they just need to finish the deal. You know, these guys that they put in to get some burn, finish the deal. You, you, you know, this is your audition. So go out and light it up and don't play like a bee. So Mavi, what were you saying about the eight, and nine?
1: Well, the way we, I was looking up the rules for that playing game, because obviously we have to deal with that coming up now with all these teams getting so close for that AC in the West. And it is that it's only the eight, and nine that are going to be involved. It doesn't matter, you know, how close any other teams are. And I, I don't know exact rules. I have to look that up for percentage points. Like how they're going to determine, you know, how they break ties with some of these teams. Because right now, Portland and San Antonio have uh, the same winning percentage. Oh, I'm sorry. Memphis and Phoenix have the same winning percentage. San Antonio is like 0.001% behind them. Portland's in the lead right now by half a game over all those teams. They hold their destiny. They win. They're in the playing game. The other ones are just chasing them. So however it breaks up, eight and nine will play because they'll be within four games no matter how it works out. Other than that, the other two teams, see you later. Thanks for coming. Doesn't matter how close they are.
0: There you go. So um, pack your bags and go home. You know what I mean? Just grab your stuff, get all your toiletries and everything and your clothes and and stuff them in your bags and go home because you're done here. You don't have to live in a bubble anymore. So that's almost like like a Willy Wonka golden ticket right there. Have you
1: written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table.
0: You knows I've been on fire lately in the NBA. Uh, Monday, I hit all five games on the money line, right? And then uh, today, I'm sitting here 8-2 and two right now. I'll take that six ways till Sunday. And I got action going right now as we speak with the Pelicans, though, creeping on the Kings, creeping hard, six back with 340 and change. So I'm stressing out there. By the way, the guy with the rubber glove was surprisingly gentle. The uh, game's on Thursday. Oh, and real quick, the Blackhawks are giving uh, the Vegas Golden Knights a game. It's looking like, I think, the end of the first period and uh, scoreless. I'm pretty sure. So they must be doing something right, Crawford and company, because they went to the break uh, scoreless after one. Vegas, most people uh, have them sweeping the Blackhawks and blowing them out. And they're doing none of the sort as we speak. You know, Kane and Taves aren't having any of that. And Crawford, for that matter, too. But on Thursday, Mafia is talking about all these big games which are happening. that uh, They're playing for their lives. The last day of the, you know, whatever you want to call it, pre-playoff games, the setup for the playoffs. This is the battle for the, you know, eight spots and the last playoff spots. So the teams that matter are going to be the Blazers. They own the eight. The Blazers are playing the Nets. Now, the deal is the Nets have played everyone tough. The Nets have given everyone fits. They won today against the Magic. All they do, remember they beat the Bucs? They were 19-point dogs and they beat the Bucs. The Nets, Jacques Vaughn's Nets mean business. It doesn't matter who they put on the floor. They go all out and they try to win every game. So I guarantee you they're going to try to give the Blazers a game. And they have beaten everyone. It doesn't matter who you put in front of them. They beat them. The Nets give everyone problems. The Spurs play the Jazz. That's going to be huge. The Jazz have absolutely nothing to play for. They're in. The Spurs have to win. The Suns have to win. They're playing the Mavs. We just saw the Mavs give the Blazers a nightmare game tonight. Now they're playing the Suns and Booker. Do you think the Mavs want to let Booker drop 35 on them? I guarantee you, Luka Doncic isn't having any of that. The Bucs take on the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have to win. They lost the eight already. You knew that was inevitable. I said on Coast to Coast and Pharrell on a bench, if simple Jared Jackson's injury killed him, you lose that many buckets on your, you know, roster. You're doomed. I mean, they the always thing say with that too was you had John
1: Morant crying about it, saying they're like, oh, it's not fair the way they set this up. They're trying to help these other teams. It'd be one thing if it was like, you know, they were still up by three games and these teams are getting to play in. Now they've gotten past. Now Portland's ahead of them. They're eating their dust. They're looking up at them. So forget about, oh, it's not fair. They just beat you. You didn't win enough games.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's uh,
1: pretty simple. Now they're uh, lucky yeah. they're getting to play in.
0: I mean, they blew it. And you knew they would without Jackson. That's what I thought would happen all along. On Also, Kings, Lakers. Kings are out. This is their. Uh, they got one more game after this, but, you know, they're playing right now. Up six, 221 left on the Pels, and they finish with the Lakers. The Lakers will kill them. Even if they don't try, they'll kill them. Wizards, Celtics, the Wizards have been, like, having the flu, watching them play in Orlando. And that's just all there is to it, so... But tonight's, uh, you know, incredible. The Bucs are one thirteen ninety-seven. There's 647 left in that one. I mean, they should get it done. I mean, they're sitting there right now in a position to get it done and cover the eight. And the Pelicans still down. Uh, now it's seven. And actually, you know, the Kings just turned the ball over. So 217 left. And it's all about the bet now to me, but there is still time. You can still win this game. If you're the Pelicans, if the, you know, Kings go down and miss some shots, they can go down and hit some threes and get back into this game. It's not the worst thing in the world being down seven with two minutes left. You, you pop a couple. Let's see the first one right here. Hart misses. He he had an open three in the corner. So he blew one chance. They're not going to have that many more chances to hit three. So they better hit them. They got about one more miss in them, and that's it. I think they – in fact, I don't even think they have a miss left in them. Look at Giles getting involved, but he misses the easy bucket, but they get the follow and stick it in. You know who uh, plays on that team? Barnes, obviously, is a big scorer for him, but the guy that I was watching tonight is on that team. He's just giant now in terms of weight, body weight. He just doesn't look like he used to. Is, uh Jabari Parker. And then the other guy that I've noticed tonight who's enormously fat as well and uh, looking way bigger than when he was in college is Jalil Okafor. Now, he had a big game. He was literally, I think at one point he was 9 of 9 from the floor, so he was filling it up and having a big night for the Pelicans. but he never plays. So they were jumping up and down and cheering him on on the bench uh, tonight because he was having such a big game. I can tell you what he did in terms of um, – Real quick, I just want to see what he did, because he has had a game for, you know, a guy that never plays. He's got 20 points, 9 of 11 from the floor, 4 boards and a dime. That's not bad, right? He leads the Pels in scoring. And then on the other side, Barnes has 25, Parker 12, Giles 12. Uh, Giles gives him the double-double. He's got 12 and 10 boards. Not bad. Nine-point King lead. A minute, eight and counting. Now it's a seven-point lead. 110-103 to get the layup. Minute nine left. Can the Kings handle their business? Is the question. It really boils down to that. The Bucks, one thirteen ninety-seven over the Wizards. Mafia, tell me what happened with Giannis. He, you said he headbutted Mo Wagner tonight and got thrown out.
1: Yeah. In the second quarter of that game, about like four minutes into the second quarter, I'm not sure what happened previously because obviously we can't watch someone on national TV, uh, and it's not in our market being in the New York area. But they have uh, put out the clip there where he pretty much walks up to him and just bashes his head into him and gets tossed from the game. I don't know what was going on, what what led up to that. I mean, to me, it seems like a meaningless game. They don't need to win. They don't care about it. I don't know why he's so worked up that he'd do that if you know, maybe in my head he did that say, you know what? I don't feel like playing the last game. Let me just knock this guy up around a little bit. They'll suspend me and I get to sit out without them having uh, you know, being all up in arms that I'm sitting out when I'm not injured.
0: How do you feel, Moppy, about the art of the headbutt in a civilized society today and in pickup basketball, pickup hockey, uh, in pro sports, in NBA, NHL games, the uh, proverbial headbutt? The other day, Ekblad, remember in the game against the Islanders, he dropped a headbutt in the game. He, he like gave a fake headbutt to one of the Islanders, uh, the guy on the Panthers, when they were getting swept or uh, they didn't get swept. They lost in four. Right. So. Uh, but he he had a right. he fake headbutt in the guy. How do you feel about the proverbial headbutt?
1: Listen, it's definitely a lost art. I don't know if that's because of people worried about concussions and CTE or if, you know, people are just trying to be more civil. But there's definitely a lot less headbutting right now. And, you know, usually when people do bring it out, they just aren't training it well enough. And they're not using the right part of their head. And they're getting themselves hurt. They're breaking their nose because they miss. It's just something that needs to be taught more throughout society.
0: It's a haymaker, 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 well done with a headbutt. Eye gouge. Haymaker, 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 headbutt, eye gouge. Knock him in the tee, kick him in the head, out with your friend, headbutt. Knock him in the head, kick him in the rib, up out of the drawing, can kick him in the shin, knock him in the teeth, pull him in the eye, headbutt. <laughs> I love the headbutt. It's always a great thing in a movie when a guy just like has had enough and he's at like the bar and there's someone pestering him and someone getting in his space when he's trying to have a shot in a beer, but an iron shot in be but an iron shot in, beer, an iron shot in beer. And then the guy just looks over at the guy in the bar and he just gives him a look and then he headbutts him right in the face. All right, Pharrell on the Bench, I was just uh, gambling heavily on tomorrow's uh, games for you. You can get all my action at PharrellOnTheBench.com. It's F-E-R-R-A-L-L. If you haven't seen us on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid, check it out. That's on uh, every day at uh, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific on SportsGrid. And then, of course, I do this uh, radio show, for all on a Bench, every night, Monday through Friday. Get excited. Everybody's talking about it. So tomorrow, Heat Thunder. Oak City laying four. Pacers getting eight and a half from the Rockets. Raptors laying five to the Sixers. And the Clippers are laying five and a half to the Nuggets. That's tomorrow. And then that hockey game right now, Blackhawks, Golden Knights. Scoreless after one. Lightning in five overtimes on a Braden Point goal beat the Blue Jackets three to two, five overtimes, fourth longest game ever. And then the Flames beat the Stars three to two. I was on Coast to Coast today and I said uh, the one Western series where I feel there'll be an upset probability, any chance of it, it would be, as you know, Mafia, I said the Flames over the Stars. But I don't. That doesn't mean I think they're going to win the series. I just think they definitely have a chance to. And I think that they're going to give Dallas problems. But I think Dallas can still win that series. I don't think it's over because they lost game one. But I think they have their hands full for sure. So some people in the Church of Pharrell, the chat on YouTube, they're in there clamoring about Mafia's uh, team getting LaFrenier, the top pick. Oh, by the way, Kings 112-106 over the Pelicans. Double cover. I'm now 10-2 and two in NBA bets on uh, Tuesday. 10-2. and two. And let's see where I'm at just, you know, for the sake of, of lovers everywhere. Three minutes left. The Bucks 121-105 over the Wizards. I'm laying eight there, trying to get to 12-2 for the day, betting in the NBA. And f- like last night, 5-0 and zero on money lines in the NBA. I mean, I am just on fire. So Mafia's uh, Rangers got Lafreniere, and I know he's excited about it now. There's a lot of people asking in the church, hey, Mafia, they're like, are you going to trade the number one pick? And I almost spit out my chiclets because I was uh, unaware that they would really be that stupid. (laughs) I don't care what they could get for him. If they get this kid, he could be, you know, literally, he has the potential to be as good as any player in the NHL. He's going to be the number one pick. He's a stud. The guy's got mad skills. If you haven't seen him play hockey, then you don't know anything. So stay out of it. If you don't have experience watching him play, then stop with the conspiracies and that they're gonna trade him and and that he's not gonna do this and that. He's not good enough, but whatever. Just stop. Just stop yourself. If you've never seen him play, shut up. So here's the deal: the guy has mad skill and they'll sign him and they're going to keep him and he's going to play for at least 10 years for the rangers before they'd ever even consider trading him mafia how do you feel about that
1: i agree with that 100 percent. i mean i know people are going to be bitter about them getting it uh they just got the number two last year with kako Capo, and i know that you know people are going to say there's you know something going on they're trying to make them good again and you know if i wasn't a ranger fan maybe i'd feel the same way but i mean listen it's it just comes down to once again, you know, Toronto had a great chance and they couldn't get it done when it mattered most in the clinch because you know if you saw the video, the the Maple Leafs ball, ping pong ball like jumps up and it like it's gonna get sucked up into that tube and then hits the two posts and then falls back down and then the Rangers sneak in there and end up with that first pick and the whole thing about oh the guy dropped the ball early like. That's meaningless. Like it, w- it wasn't even dropped into the cylinder at that point. It was just in the lineup. He took it back out, showed the logo, put it in. It's just people looking for reasons to complain. I mean, the ones who should be really ticked off are, are Montreal. I mean, how many years have they been waiting for a great, you know, Quebec qua player to, to be part of that franchise and lead them, and then they go win that series against the Penguins so they're not even involved in it? He's going to be awesome. I hope, well, I hope he is. They say he's going to be awesome. I mean, this could be a situation for the Rangers that, you no, know, your Penguins had forever. I don't know if they're going to be as good as them, but you know, this could be like a, a Crosby-Malkin thing where you have two cornerstones with him and Kako that could be good for you for 10 years and just build a franchise around them.
0: I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen. And first of all, I never once thought anything of the sort about the uh, lottery balls and the whole uh, draft lottery itself. I could care less about any of that nonsense and ping pong balls and, frozen ping pong balls and all this other BS. All I know is is that um why not? I mean the Devils got Heeshire and Jack Hughes two number ones in a row. So what right, the, four
1: years that the Edmonton Oilers had the number one pick and have done nothing with it.
0: Well what about you know the so the Rangers got Kako and now they got this guy. So what? I think it's uh maybe it's about their turn. They haven't done it since ninety four. And so uh they finally got uh, the number one draft pick, and they got the number two last year. And look, I think Kako's a great player. He's got all kinds of skill. He shoots like a rocket. The guy, he's all about scoring goals. He doesn't care about anything else. And all I know is if you put Lafreniere with him and they've already got Panera and uh, Breadfan, are you kidding? They have the potential. Right. With Zabinijad and with Kreider, Kreider's a 25-goal guy. They have uh, at Bushnevich, they are loaded. They are loaded. Now, now they need to put it all together and they need to, you know, play well and they need to be coached well and they need to be, you know, trained right, and they need to practice right, and they need to win on the road. They need to win big hockey games, cause they they, you know, it's like they got into this tournament and they got swept out faster than you could spit. That's that's what's wrong with the Rangers. They have all this talent and they don't know how to use it.
1: Right, because they're in the rebuild, so a lot of these guys are young. There's plenty of guys that didn't have playoff experience in there. I mean, Truba's still a young guy, too. Philip Cheadle's, you know, really young. They have a lot of young guys. They had, of course, some of these veterans like, you know, Panarins, Abinajad, but there's a lot of guys that didn't even know what they're doing in the playoffs there. So now, next year, you know, you put it all together, you get full camp. You, you know, hopefully get a full season, depending on when they start with things, you know, how COVID ends up with things and you hope that you can put it all together under Quinn, but they're definitely building for the future. And hopefully it's a bright one there on Broadway. And you know what? There's plenty of teams that of course want him, but there's plenty of teams that would have wasted him too. I mean, if the Minnesota Wild got him, would people have heard from him again? Probably not. You know, you have some of the best players in Edmonton and, and McDavid and Drysidle and here in the U.S. We barely hear about him unless they're playing your team because they're just out there and wasted because that team never does anything. You know, it was perfect that Crosby and Malkin and Ovechkin were in, you know, big markets in the U S not, not an anti Toronto or anti, you know, Canada thing. It's just that, you know, what we got to see them a lot more and they got pushed up a lot more because their teams did stuff. Like, you know, you put one of these players in Calgary, Winnipeg, most other teams are forgetting about them.
0: Well, that's you know, the same thing I said on uh, coast to coast is that it's a great benefit, I believe for the league and for us, as hockey fans, you, Carver High myself, people in New York, New Jersey, uh, frankly, Connecticut, whatever, uh, and and the entire East Coast, Philly, DC, Pittsburgh, um, Buffalo, all of those markets, right, for hockey. They will now get to see Lafreniere up close and personal all season long, including Florida, Tampa, all those teams, they're all going to taste it, right? And we're going to see them play in New York all the time. Imagine how many games we get to see them play the Devils, the Islanders, and then uh, against my Penguins. And it's their turn to see if they can handle all this uh, drafting success and turn it into something big, like uh, another Stanley Cup. You know, it's weird. I think it would be a whole new era in Ranger hockey for sure if they could win a Stanley Cup with these kids and with Panarin. Because I don't know if anything will ever top 94. I mean, when when the Penguins won it in 91, 92, uh, 09, 16, and 17, it's they all just bleed together when you win that many. You're just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. They win back to back twice. But the first one was the one that you know, broke the ice. The first one was the against the North Stars, was so huge that the Penguins finally won the Stanley Cup for the first time ever. When they came into the league, they were atrocity in 67 on. They were just terrible. They were one of the worst teams in the league forever. And they did not have some kind of fancy expansion draft, I can tell you. They were hacks, and they went out. And they won a Stanley Cup, and then they backed it up the next year and won it again against Chicago. Then they beat Detroit in Game 7 on the road in 09. After losing to Detroit in 08, Christ, the Penguins could have six Stanley Cups. They were in the finals. They beat San Jose in 16, Nashville in 17, but it's that first one that matters. The Rangers in 94, after waiting 54 years, that was the biggest cup they'll ever win, in my opinion. They could win with Lafreniere and... Kako and Panarin and the new goalies and all the rest that they got, it won't be bigger than when Messier did it. <laughs> Nothing. That, that team, that was crazy. When he guaranteed the win in games, whatever it was, 6-7, and they, you know, game 6, and then they, in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then to win it all, and to go hoist the Stanley Cup, I don't think they'll top that, even if they do it. Even if they win it. I think they'll be like drinking and partying and canyon of heroes the whole deal they'll be forever etched but they won't be etched in stone like that team was in 94 mafia even knows it's true if your team wins it you're happy but you never forget certain ones that one in 94 will never be topped i don't care what anybody says So the Blackhawks are tied with the Vegas Knights right now. uh, Scoreless zeros, uh, 15 minutes left in the second. So a long way to go in this one, obviously. But I think what I'm sensing is, you know, just watching it initially here is that, you know, Kane, Taves, Crawford, they have some guys, Duncan, Keith, they have some guys that have been there and done that and have won Stanley Cups, right? So they know how to do it. And they have, you know, shown up for this game and they showed up for their series with Edmonton and they just played whatever style you wanted to play. You want to get physical? We'll get physical. You want to skate? We'll stop you from skating. You want to slow it down? You want to play four-check hockey, dig in the corners? We'll get dirty and dig in the corners. We'll do whatever you want. You want to fight over by the bench? Taves is getting into it right now. We got a brawl breaking out. Vegas and Chicago throwing hands. A lot of tugging at jerseys right now, trying to keep everybody out of it. Taves was in the middle of it. So it's, I think, you know, just a team saying, we're here. Where's the beer? Let's go. We'll play all day. And then, you know, it's funny. I get how the Vegas guys are like giving Jonathan Taves the business over by the bench, but Taves got into the fight with Marcus So at least that's, yeah, it was Marcus so who the, the fight, and there were some hands thrown, but the deal is this, like all the Vegas players are over there, like looking at Taves, like he's some kind of bank robber. Jonathan Taves has a bunch of Stanley cups. So all those guys on that Vegas team. They better check themselves when they're, you know, giving that guy the business. Because when you got all them rings and all that Stanley Cup and your name engraved on the Stanley Cup, you don't take any flack over at the bench from a bunch of hacks that have never won it. I don't care who you are. If you haven't won it, you're nothing. And if you have won a bunch of them, you got all rights reserved. That's what that's about right there. Yeah, Mafia knows they're not gonna trade Lafreniere. They're gonna draft him as sure as I'm sitting here and they're gonna play him with Kako for 10, 12 years. That's it. They're gonna it's gonna be Sid Crosby all over again for the New York Rangers. I mean, you get a player that good, you keep him and you turn him into something. I still think He Shire and Hughes are gonna turn into something for the Devils. They're they're getting you know. They got him when they were just kids, 18 years old. So they're going to, you know, I think blossom into something special when they're, you know, three, four years in the league. Look at, look at like Drew Dowdy, right? Drew Dowdy, when he came in, was like this, you know, long haired, uh, you know, kid, little kid with a big smile and he's, you know, big hockey dreams and everything else. And then, you know, a couple of Stanley cups and, Uh, all your teeth are gone, and you got scars all over your face, and half your hair is gone, uh, and you've been doing the grind in the NHL. He turned into something special, didn't he? I remember when he came into the league, he was like a candy ass, right? He was just a kid. Well, what do you think he Shire and Hughes are? They're kids. They're kids. They can't even have a beer. I mean, legally, right? So give them time. You know, let's see if the kids turn into something special. I bet they will. And we already saw uh, the guy. What's the guy? Uh, Mavi, I can't think of his name up in uh, just off the top of my Eichel up in Buffalo. He um, He's turning into a great player, right? He's, a, he's turning into a man now. He came into the league as a kid. And they threw him into the fire and now he's a badass, but he's miserable. He hates right, playing another there. one of these
1: guys is a great player, but getting wasted on one of these teams that just doesn't matter.
0: Well, that's you know, his worst nightmare. It's not his fault. It's his worst nightmare. But he signed the deal, right?
1: No, right. That's that's the burden of being a top pick is you're usually going to a team that was pretty bad. I mean, at least you know, actually lucked out in that in the way that this thing worked out with the way they did the draft lottery, because even though the Rangers are in a rebuild, you know, they're not that bad. They're not one of these teams that just is absolutely bottom of the barrel worst in the league, you know, good luck for the next five years until they actually work something up. Like they're on the way up on the rebuild.
0: Yeah. I don't even, uh, to be honest with you, I'm done with rebuild. I think that's done in New York. There's no rebuild going on. I think they're the media sells you that. I think the team sells you that. It's an easy way to get out of losing. It's an easy way to say, you know, we're not expected to do anything. We're going to rebuild. That's such nonsense. They have all kinds of talent on that team. When you have a guy with 95 points on your hockey team and they never finish the season, don't tell me you're in a rebuild. They got star players, abinajad All these guys can play. Kreider's twenty-five a year. They got guys that can play. Uh, I already rattled up Bushnevich, All of them. They have guys that can play. Now and now they have Kako, who's better than most of the guys on that team. He's been there one year and he's got he, the guy's just snapping shots off at every stride of his, uh, you know, shift. The guy gets down into the zone and he just starts when he gets the puck he just fires it on net i love it so any guy that shoots that much is going to score and vegas just did score speaking of scoring so here they are on the board finally you get the goal the first one vegas and i mean that's a huge goal i think it's uh i I could be wrong i I think it's Theodore, but I, I could be wrong. I don't even know. I don't even know. It's it's hard for me to tell because, yeah, I'm right. Theodore had the goal. So there you go. Snapper over to glove, uh, short side. He went short side glove G-g-g-g-g with a ripper, like a little wrister ripper from the circle. He got him, uh, snuck it in glove side on his lover. Just gave him a little business right there. So, you know, Vegas is the better team, that's for sure. But um, so far, 12 and a half left of the second period. I would say Chicago showed up for this game and uh, gave, you know, Chicago game a game. So far, now, if it turns into four or five, nothing, uh, then I'll uh, change my tune. But what I've seen so far has been some level of physicality and. The Blackhawks with a chance in front, but Leonard stopped it out of humanity. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, I still believe Vegas and Tampa are the two best teams in the league, in my opinion. But I will say, uh, based on what I've seen tonight, well, obviously I got a nice taste with uh, Tampa five overtimes. The uh, during the regular game itself, the three periods, I thought that they. Uh, looked way better than Columbus. I mean, they shot. The guy made 85 saves in the game, Carposalo. 85 shots on goal. (laughs) Tampa is all over the ice. Now, look, Mavi, how much do you think that game sucked the life out of both of those teams going into game two? Because... Uh, don't tell me you play five periods of hockey in six and a half hours. That uh, th- that doesn't have a toll on your body. Like uh, the guy, one of them, uh, Point had the winner and he said that uh, they were chugging liquids in the intermissions and eating like bananas and stuff. They were doing everything. They were eating like, you know, Nature Valley bars. They do that whole healthy nonsense. <laughs> Stuff because I remember I'd be like in the Thrasher locker room, they be like, What are you doing in here for all? I'm like, I'm just stealing some nature granola bars, coach. Don't mind me. That's what I'd say to Kurt Frazier. I go, Don't worry about me, Fraz. I'm not interviewing players. I'm just here to grab an orange. They had like <laughs> the worst stuff: apples, oranges, pears, uh granola bars, bananas. They had all that stuff that like is healthy for you. When I want bags of Doritos, son. No, I got to get me some Doritos and Tostito restaurant style in there. Mommy, you know, you got to get a little munchy. I need some salt, son. Bag of Orville. Uh, As you know, I've had a bag of Orville every day for the last uh, 20 years. That's 365 days a year times 20. We won't do math class today, though. Uh, Later, we're going to talk about breaking down your buds into flour. I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, I'm glad I watched a five-overtime hockey game. I really am because uh, that was phenomenal. It was just so gripping. And watching that Carposalo, I got to tell you, I haven't seen a guy goaltend. Like, and another one they poked in to make it 2 nothing. Now, all of a sudden, things are starting to open up a little bit. The valve has been released, and the Knights are up 2 now. Unbelievable. They get a jammer on the doorstep. I got to see this one from the right circle. Then in front, Reeves shot it. It was loose. And then you stuff it in. I still can't uh, tell who had that goal. I can't tell. I don't know him as well as I uh, think I do, even though I went to see him play. I went to see him play with uh, Carver High. We went to see him play Tampa. And it really was a fascinating game because I watched it and I was like, these are the two best teams in the NHL, even then. Even then, when we went to see him, we are at a fight in Vegas and we went to see him play and they looked, uh, both of those teams looked phenomenal. But I have to say, based on what I saw today, now there's a coach's challenge by Chicago on this uh, shot. They're going to win the challenge too. Uh, Reeves was offside. So that'll be that. There'll be no goal. One nothing. So uh the video catches Reeves is clearly overside. Uh, what are you saying to me, Mafia? It was
1: it was William Carrier with the goal. You know, if they gave him the credit, like you said, the offside is gonna happen now.
0: Oh, he's so definitely take offside. away, although
1: Although, who knows it might have even been knocked down by the defender I didn't, I'd see another replay of that, but it's not going to count either way.
0: Yeah there's a, this is about an offside call nothing in front of the doorstep. So uh they're gonna nail Reeves that's why they're talking about it right now. But I think uh, what I'm trying to say is is that I from what I've seen and I just you know I I don't know if they'll get it done because they seem to have bad luck. I think Tampa has bad luck. I really do. I think they have bad luck. Like, they could have won that game, like, 40 times today, right? At least 40 times they could have won that game. And they just couldn't score on Carpasalo. So if Carpasalo has that kind of confidence going into the rest of this series, game two, moving forward, uh, it's going to be really hard for Tampa to win four games from them. I, I honestly believe that because it took them six and a half hours to beat him today. So that's a problem. And I know that Tampa's all excited and everything. And I do believe that they are the best skating team and the fastest team in the league. The way they move the puck and the way they skate on both ends of the ice. I, they're just so dangerous. And I think a lot of their success comes from that talent and speed. So I would say they left that goal up. They gave him the goal. You have got to be kidding me there is no way that that was a goal you can't tell me you didn't think uh reeves was offside mafia
1: he was offside. yes i agree with you
0: oh my god that was a terrible call like what are they drunk honestly are you drunk i just saw the video the whole world saw the video he's offside now they're on a power play gonna try to make it three nothing We're raging on a bench. Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA games, out the ying. All right, so Dame joins Wilt Chamberlain, the only two players ever, to score 60 points three times in one season. And some moron wants to argue with me about uh, Paul George is better. Listen, I'm down with Paul George has game. There's no denying Paul George can play, but he don't play like Dame Lillard. And, um, you know, I've ripped Dame Lillard in the past for some of his comments and his attitudes and his opinions, and I don't care about his music or anything else. Uh, he can rap all he wants. I'm all for it. Uh, Go for it, dude. Like, get it on. I'm cool with that. But uh, I don't care about, remember that I I ripped him when he said he didn't want to go to Orlando. He just said, if I don't have anything to play for, why go? I don't want any any part of it, which I I was like, just play, dude, stop crying and just go play. You make a ton of money, go play. So that's the time I ripped him if you remember. But uh, when I watch him play, it's just without a doubt, like, I'm sorry. I, I think they're both really good players, but this guy does phenomenal things. 50-point games all the time, 60-point game tonight. Uh, he, he shoots these amazing shots, clutch shots, cold ice water in his vein shots, daggers, game winners, clinching series winner shots, walk-off shots. This guy is better than Paul George, hands down. I mean... He's proved it with his play and his results and these outrageous games he keeps having. George has like 35, 40-point game, but you never see him dropping 60 in a game. I mean, you don't. That's all there is to it. I was killing it. 12-2 in the NBA. Go to PharrellOnAbench.com for everything. I'll see you tomorrow on Coast to Coast at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. And watch YouTube at night, Pharrell on Bench at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. at night.